and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the definitely weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Viz's website for Shonen Jump, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And it's been a while, but like Alvin and the Chipmunks, we are back with style. Yes. To be fair, we only missed one cha- we- week of Shonen Jump. Yeah, it was like we technically only missed one week because they were off a week and then... We just couldn't get our schedules to line up because Jeremy was so busy and he was like, I can make one day work, which was the one day I couldn't make work. Yeah, well, I've been busy with work, being sick and a police interview. So it's been a fun time. Yeah. 2020 has been great so far. I have not had the shit hit the fan. So my 2020 has been normal. Kingdom Hearts Remind came out today. So maybe I will play a video game on my one day off this week. There you go. We'll see. I've been playing. I've been playing Monster Hunter World Iceborne and having fun hitting giant monsters with a dude stick. I would love to do that, but I don't think I'm ever going to have enough time to commit to Monster Hunter World. That's how it feels right now. We'll see. Life might be on the upswing. Anyway, we will start with a brand new series to Shonen Jump, which is Undead Unlock Chapter 1. Undead and Unlock. Unluck. Unluck. Yeah, what did I write? Unlock. I'm going to blame autocorrect. That makes sense, because it's definitely undead and unluck. Yes, you're right, because one of the characters is undead, and one is very unlucky, or has luck powers, I guess. Yeah, and also, I read most of Shonen Jump, like, five days ago, which feels like an eternity. Same. Except for well, the three chapters I read this morning. Yeah, I'm, I read basically everything Sunday when it came out, so... That's when I read most of it, too. And usually, we used to record this on Mondays. Remember then, and I could remember everything super yes. clearly? I miss those days. What did you think about this new series, Kevin? It's weird. I like the undead zombie guy. He's not really a zombie, but the undead dude who just wants to die. Like, I do like that style of like, yeah, I've been living for a while and it sucks. So I need to find a way to die, but I can't. Like, I literally just regenerate from everything. So he's... He's searching for a way to die where he meets the super unlucky girl. She's not even super unlucky. It's anyone she touches has yes. something terribly unlucky happens to them. She's like Rogue from X-Men, but with murder instead of draining their power. Yes. Yeah. She. Maybe it'll turn out later that she just steals the luck from everybody else. I mean, yeah, that's a seems like if you wanted to make her more powerful, that would be a way to do it. Yep. Her parents died in a terrible plane crash after they hugged her. Yes. I maybe kissed her. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the the kiss on the cheek because that's how she knows in this chapter to kiss. Do we even know his name? Uh, He does not have a name. That's right. Uh, He does. I don't think he gives it. No, he's too old. He doesn't remember it. Yeah, that's right. So she gives him a name, but I did not write it down. Actually, I didn't uh, write either of the characters names down because I'm bad at this now. One of the reasons I think she just calls him zombie or undead. Yeah, um, but she said then you need a name. And she comes up with a pun name. Oh, yeah, that's right. But I can't remember what it is. Maybe I should look it up. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't remember. It's that he doesn't remember it currently. Because one of the cool things I like about him is he's got this just shard of metal stuck in his forehead. Which he removes during the chapter to be like, you know, having a hundred years or like several hundred years worth of memory is maddening. So I jab this into my head to make me forget a lot of stuff but at one point he removes it to remember how much of a badass combatant he is because he's like yeah i've been fighting people for centuries so like i have a a wealth of combat experience you guys are screwed which i thought was neat 
Yeah, I like the premise, and I like both. I like the undead character less than you, but I like the other one. A lot of the humor is kind of weird sexual boundary humor. Yes. Which doesn't work great. I do like the bit at the end where she kisses him, which causes a meteor to hit him. Yes. But he survives. He's like, oh, man, we got to try banging next. That's going to be crazy unlucky for me. Like, I like that joke, but a lot of the, like, him kind of forcing himself on her stuff is not great. Yeah. Her name is Fuko Izumo, and he's when he says he doesn't want... Ah, it's Andy, because he's an undead. Yes. So, not... I, of the three series that have debuted recently, this is definitely the middle of the road one to me. Yeah. I'm more interested in where it's going. It's not a Gravity Boys where I hate it or Zipman where I instantly fell in love with it. Yep. It's got some potential, though I don't know if it can really go anywhere. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I also thought that the sexual boundary humor would grate against you quite a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't. It wasn't terrible. There were bits of it I liked, but like as a premise for the series, I I hope it like kind of gets not swept under the rug, but that element is lessened. Yeah, as it goes on. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. But oh, like I said, though, oh man, if that's what you happens when I kiss you, God, try banging. Like that's funny because there's an innocence to it. Yeah. Well, and I like that because he's like, uh, at the one point, he's like underneath her shirt groping her, and he's like, I'm trying to get as much uh, skin-to-skin contact as possible. See, that bit is the one that I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that I don't super care for. Also, the villains suck. They were just some FBI dudes. Yeah. They had a Pokeball. Yeah, Lots but- Lots of Pokeballs this chapter, actually, or this week. Yes, strangely. But also, I don't think they were like- the organization might be bad guys, but these were kind of the the mooks. Yeah. You know, just like in most things, you don't introduce a cool villain in the first chapter. That It's not entirely true. You don't normally introduce a cool chapter because you need your hero to beat the shit out of somebody. True. Not everything can be the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. The Yu-Gi-Oh! manga didn't even do that. Kaiba's not there for like 10 chapters or something. Yep. Anything else you want to say about Undead and Unluck? Like I said, interesting. We'll see where it goes over the next couple. Of, I mean, we'll continue to see where it goes until it gets canceled. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe it won't. Sometimes they don't. Samurai 8 hasn't gotten canceled. I wasn't trying to imply that it was <laughs> yeah, going to get canceled. I mean, it will eventually yeah. either end or get canceled. What I more meant was, is even though we might not be talking about it, we're going to be reading it until it goes away. So That's true. It's I like it a lot more than Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Yep. Next, we have Demon Slayer Chapter 190, One After Another. I really like this chapter of Demon Slayer. I remember what happens in it mostly. Yeah. My notes don't help. Um, <laughs> actually, my notes kind of help. There, there are not many. It's a sword grip too tight, and hey, it's Tanjiro's friends. Yes. <laughs> but that's, that's enough for me to remember what happened, so that means I liked it. Yeah. No, I really like this one, too. I love the... So the Hashiro are figuring out how to turn their blades red, which interfere with Muzan's regeneration abilities. Like, it's not totally stopping him, but it's like, I cut that arm off, and it's not, like, immediately growing back kind of thing. It, it still grew back, but it was like, oh, you know, we're just trying to stall him till dawn, and this will help out. And then I love at one point he gets uh, cut, and he's like, wait, what? How? How? <laughs> and then he intuits that it was chipped blade or something like that and we yeah. find out it's a nosuke with some cool like demon invisibility seals and i just love the point where he reveals that he has those he's like i've got thousands of these things he just keeps slapping them on yeah it's pretty good and then also 
the other two are there, Thunder Kid and Butterfly Girl Blight. I can't remember their names. Definitely not Krillin. And I don't remember her name very well because it's not said all that much, but it's the Thunder Kid. Uh, I remember Inosuke because I really like him. I really like the Thunder Kid more now. I like that character too a lot, actually, but I cannot think of his name. Yeah, once he had his once he had his change, his shift from he's still like he's still whiny and annoying, but he's no longer the whining and annoying character. Like he's had that shift of like, oh, I need to get serious now. Now I actually really like him. I think it begins with a Z. Zenitsu? That sounds right. Sure. We'll go with that. We're great with names on this podcast we do every week. Yes. Um, every week. <laughs> I did like this chapter, though. Mostly because Tadjura's friends got to show up and be helpful. Yes. Like, hey, we're not Hashira, but we're like the next level down. We're main characters. Yeah. It's like, we came up with a clever plan and you need backup. Yeah, and like the clever plan is working. When like, is Nezuko going to show up? I need her to kick Muzan's head off, please. Next chapter. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. Anything else you want to say about Demon Slayer? No. What? Good. That brings us to My Hero Academia number 257. Pass it forward to whomever. I'm kind of sad we didn't get to talk about the previous My Hero Academia because there was really cute Ochiko Deka stuff. Yes. And also, All Might wrote a notebook for studying for... Deku, yes, which were there, which Bakugo and Deku are going through with him in this chapter. It's got all the one for all users, and Bakugo notices they all died super young. Yeah, and All Might's like, well, yeah, because one for all was, or all for, all for one. one was hunting them all down. Yep, not necessarily hunting them all down, but like they couldn't gain too much fame, or he would hunt them down because he was still. Like, in the early years, he was consolidating his power base and wiping out people. So they were really focusing on just passing the power along. So that's why most of them died young. Uh Uh-huh. Also, next, Deku's going to have to master All Might's master's power, which is float. Yes. Which, A, makes him more like Superman, and B, he'll probably have to ask Ochiko for advice because it's a similar quirk. Yep. So that will be cute. And I do love Bakugo being like, ha, I can already basically do that. You suck, Deku. Yep. I've already got to step up on you. And Deku's like, I'll just master this quicker. I got slightly annoyed. I saw an article earlier today or yesterday about the new chapter. And they're like, oh, Deku's going to gain a new kind of redundant quirk float. I'm like, what? What do you mean redundant? Oh, well, I mean, Ochiko can already make things float. Yeah, but he he can't. Like, what are you talking about? He's literally becoming freaking Superman. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm a fan of it too, although I will say that like jumping is better for action in a still medium like manga. Flying tends to be better in a motion-based media like anime. Well, but, so because the quirk is not fly, it's, it's float, yes. I'm assuming all it's going to do is enhance his fighting style that he gained off of old man... Gran Torino. Gran Torino, thank you. I was like, ah. We'll see. I'm... Excited to see what Deku does with it as well. I'm not that down on it. No, I, um, I, w- I was really annoyed that they were like, oh, it's like redundant. And I was like, he's literally gaining additional superpowers like Superman. Like, what superpowers don't you have? Um, Do we I first, don't Superman know. does not have black whip powers. I've no. read a lot of versions of Superman, including the one who had Superman vision that turned other people into Superman, but I don't know that I've ever seen him with black whips. No, but there was the time where he had his powers of, uh, what are your superpowers? Whatever I want. So he could have. 
We just Su- never saw uh, it. Super. My favorite dumb Silver Age Superman power is super ventriloquism, which let him talk in space, even though there was no air. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's pretty great. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about my hair? There's a really good bit at the end between Aizawa Sensei and All Might, where he's like, you're such a workaholic, All Might, because he's like, ah, I just feel like I can't do anything. Yeah, I I actually really liked that moment, because it's All Might's like, ah, so like I'm useless now, I don't have my powers anymore, I can't, you know, I feel like I can't help these kids at all, like I'm just doing nothing, and Aizawa kind of, he doesn't actually slap him in the face, but metaphorically slaps him in the face and is like no that's exactly what you need to be doing you need to be you here for them and that's the best thing that you can do right now like that's what we do as mentors we don't always need to show them the perfect way we just need to be here for them when they need us and i i really liked that moment between the two of them and all might's kind of like oh maybe i have been an idiot yeah and this wasn't in the help book at all (laughs) We also find out All Might was going to go meet with Stain, but he has had to postpone it for some reason. Yes. Anything else you want to say about My Hero? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. The anime made me cry last week. Oh, man. The anime has been great. I was watching it be like, I don't know if this is as good as the manga. Oh, I'm crying. I guess it is. Yep. Although, to me, I still really like actually the uh, Mirio versus Overhaul fight more than... 100%. I would agree with you, but I think the anime did drop the ball on that one. I did not super like that fight in the anime. Really? I I actually did really like it. Um, Maybe not necessarily, like, the action was a little... It was very still, and it reminded me of the manga. Like, I didn't think it was a great adaptation of that fight, which I will agree with you, is a super good fight. Yeah. It it was kind of slideshowy, but I just, I like the emotions in that, especially after he gets his quirk nullified and is still beating the shit out of him. Yeah, I think the manga did that better for sure. That did not make me cry. (laughs) Yeah, no, but Infinite 100% uh, was awesome. Good. That brings us to One Piece chapter 968, Odin's Return. Hey, last week we found out the origin of the name of Raftal, and it's pretty good. Yep. Because it's actually Laugh Tail. Because it made Roger laugh. And he's like, aw, man, go call this place Laugh Tail. Yep. Because no one can stop me. I'm king of the pirates. (laughs) I've declared myself king of the pirates. I'm the only man to make it here. And you can't say shit until you also make it here. He disbands his crew. He tells Shank something that makes him cry. He tells Rayleigh something. Odin gets back to Wano, where Orochi and Kaido have already taken over. Yep. So he's like, I'm going to cut him. Yep. I do love the bit where Odin comes in and he's just like, I'm going to kill Orochi. You've been this asshole. And uh, Orochi is like, oh, you can't attack me. Kaido will get furious. And uh, Odin is just like, I'll think about that after I've cut you in two. Uh, Did you say Gold Roger? I don't think you did. So I'm not scared of that pirate. (laughs) Uh, You didn't even say Whitebeard. So. Yeah, I I did really like that moment, though, where Odin... uh, where Orochi's like, uh, oh, I've, I've got powerful friends. You can't do anything. I'm going to think about that after I cut you in two. And Orochi's internal monologue is, oh, shit, I forgot he's insane. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I, always, I always want that to happen in villain stories where you have the, the villain who's got the powerful friends. Like, you can't do anything because of my powerful friends. That isn't, you know, like, he'll, he'll kill you if you kill me. That isn't going to save you. Like that first episode of Angel. Have you seen that? No. Ah, well, he's, he's talking to a vampire lawyer in an office building. 
And Vampire's lawyer is like, you can't you know, touch me here. I can do anything. And Angel goes, really? Can you fly? And he kicks him out a window in the middle of the day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like stuff like that where you're like, ha, you can't do anything to me because of the consequences of your actions. That doesn't really help you out much, does it? Anyway. I should have used the word defenestrate. I don't get to use it often. Um, defenestrate is such a good word. It's the best word you never get to use. I know. Unless you throw somebody out a window. Uh, or intend to. Next, we have the Promised Neverland, Chapter 164, The Smiling Devil. And I, th- this is one of those chapters where I read it you know, so many days ago, I don't super remember why, but I did not care for this chapter. I think mostly because it's Sonju and Mujika stuff that is an interesting setup, but that I didn't really think did anything right now. There's that, yes, because we have like the, we follow oh, for I, a little I, bit I rem- the two kids, but then we also have, what's his name? Bad guy, McBadson. Yes, the head of <laughs> Trackford. the- the head of the Retiri clan, James? James Retiri. James, that sounds right. That sounds right. The head of the Retiri clan, who we think is named James, is threatening the rest of the kids. And like that's kind of terrifying. And it's like good to go back to the like terrifying aspect of Promised Neverland. Like, oh, I remember why I didn't really like this chapter. It's what I always complain about when it's a super focus on the demons, which is with the exception of Sonju and Mujika, they all look the same and I don't really care. And, yeah. like, I do like the bit of the two guards sparing the children, and clearly that's going to have ramifications. Yes. But, like, it's this debate between these two guard characters we've never seen before who can't really emote like humans because they are not. Yes. Which makes it more difficult to feel sympathy for well, them. Well, plus they're wearing masks. So they yeah. actually can emote sort of like humans. They Like, they don't have the same facial structure, but they have faces. They just, you never see them. Yeah, and, like, probably my biggest criticism of The Promised Neverland is I don't think they're good at, like, when they want you to sympathize with the demons, I don't think they're good at doing it artistically. Yeah, you. They, it's got a, it's like all context clues from the dialogue. There, That's what I was going for. Yeah. So we have the the ones that Sonya and Mukherjee turned into new evil-blooded all get executed, and Sonya and Mukherjee are going to get killed the next day, like yeah. they're going to get publicly executed. But I did really like the James threatening all the rest of the kids at Grace Field. Like, you lied to me. You said Emma and Ray were dead, but clearly they're not. And just the kind of getting back to the psychological horror that the show, or the show, that the manga started with when the kids finally figured out, oh God, everything's gone wrong. Yeah, like I said, it just didn't do a lot for me this week. I'm still excited about it but like the last couple of chapters have been like super pump ups and this one was not that brings us to hell's paradise chapter 84 the chapter i might remember the least about samurai dude's trying to sacrifice himself and his apprentice runs to help him that's all i remember basically well yeah so the blind samurai guy because there's plenty of samurai that's true he seems the most like a samurai to me it feels like everyone else has a different class but his is samurai Yes. His his definitely is. A lot of them are like bandit people. He's mm-hmm. the... Actually, I think he might be, of the original ones, the only trained... No, because there's also the the other girl who was the ninja guy. I can't remember anybody's name in this. The ninja guy who lights himself on fire. She was assigned as his bodyguard. Because most of the... Actually, the the tiny guy who's interested in anatomy is also technically a samurai. But you are correct that the blind dude is definitely most like the old samurai master. I finally got caught up on Hell's Paradise now. I like oh. I read all the chapters. 
I was just thinking, hey, when are those assholes that showed up on a ship going to show up in this arc? I'm guessing towards the end. Probably. Or, or maybe not at all. Well, maybe during this arc, but like they might, aha, we have succeeded. And then they show up and you're like, God damn it. I just want to leave. <laughs> Could be. But yeah, so basically he's sacrificing himself because his pupil died to one of these Lord Tensons earlier. And he was unable to save him because he was like, oh, I wasn't strong enough to fight it at that point. And I had to run away, like use his death to get away, which was shameful. So now I'm going to sacrifice myself as an act of rebellion. But then the girl that he has sort of been training, he tells her to run away and she turns around and like has a ghost spirit talk with the dead apprentice that the blind guy had earlier. And he's like, you'll always just like him, you'll regret burning away. So like you should go back and fight. And so she picks up the sword and turns around and gets ready to run back in the room. Yeah. My note just says run back. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's good. It wasn't like super amazing, but I definitely like I'm sacrificing myself to save you. And it's like, screw you. I'm saving us. But and her being like, screw you. I'm saving us both or getting ready to. Yeah. I don't really know that I have anything else to say about hell's paradise. It wasn't a bad read, but I like promise Neverland. It was not, Super, not super amazing, amazing to me. That will bring us to Samurai 8, Chapter 34, License Download. Since we missed last week, they had to go to court for their illegal battle royale. Yes. And they were sentenced to help Sniper Samurai find a cat samurai and his pupil, who is not Hashimaru and Daruma. Uh, Meanwhile, Goku and Ichigo exploded star? Yes. (laughs) Because subtlety is not for this manga. No. I mean, I guess Karama is in Naruto, so yeah. it makes sense that Goku and Ichigo would show up here. Oh, those are just character names, by the way, but they are definitely supposed to be references to what you think they are. Yes. And then a little girl lights dragon away? I was not super clear on what was going on there. I will not She lie. was on the planet. Yeah, that... and she's like, it go blow up, and her teacher's like, eh, eh. I don't know what to do with this girl. Yep, and the cat samurai that had been, he was the child she was looking for. So he managed to save her just before the planet exploded and is like, come, we must go on an adventure. Your entire planet is dead. (laughs) Meanwhile, Hachimaru decides to download some Daruma training, goes to a virtual world. Matrix style, yeah. He sees his stats. They're not great. Yep. (laughs) They're utter shit. His charisma is literally zero. (laughs) But he can enhance all his stats but charisma by a factor of 7 or 11. I don't remember if Anne prays for him. I think 11. Both sound right. So I do not remember. But like, you know, he's a he's a level one scrub. He needs to do some leveling, but he can get a power boost from his connection with the princess, except for charisma. Nothing can boost his charisma. <laughs> I feel like good clothes, kid. <laughs> yeah. God, that just reminded me of because I've been playing Monster Hunter uh, where you can have just the most horrendously mismatched armor. Yeah. <laughs> this is my ass kicking outfit, which was a video that. ProZD did, where it was like in RPGs where you start uh, going by stats instead of by style. So you end up looking just utterly stupid because you're like, well, these like weird glasses give me plus 15 attack. And these I ones played World like of this. Warcraft. I had some outfits like that. Yes. I, I love the because uh, the villain is, what are you wearing? This is my ass kicking outfit. Anything else you want to say about Samurai 8? I enjoyed that chapter. I don't. Again, I have a lot to say about it, though. Yeah. It, uh, it was kind of a weird one. Yes. But that, like, we covered everything that was in it. It's it just true. kind of breezy, I guess. Yeah, I don't think we did much analysis of it is all. 
That'll bring us to Act Age Scene 97, Reach, where they try to peer pressure Yonagi into finishing the play on stage. Yes. <laughs> and Chio goes full Vegeta and be like, no, I must defeat you at your best. Act better so I may best you. Yes. Well, because of it, like, everyone, so they're trying to get her to finish the play, and her initial response, because I'm hoping it changes, is, uh, Oh, well, like I'll just go through the lines. Well, she's like, I don't want to. It's like, oh, everybody's counting on me, though. So I guess I have to. Yep. So I'll just play. Yeah, I'll just finish the play like we rehearsed it. And everyone else is commenting on all the critics are like, oh, man. Yeah. She's like, oh, you can tell the light of acting went out of her eyes and she's just going to be a robot now. That sucks. But we'll see what happens next week, because I'm hoping actually maybe. What might happen is she might not do well this week, and that's how she loses the popularity contest, because they mention... That the first stream is the one that's used for the poll of each yes. play. Yeah. Well, and it's also going to be... The first one is going to be, like, like with most things, the first one's going to be the most viewed. So even if the other ones are also streamed, more people are going to see the first one, and that's where most of the votes are going to come in. So this could be a way of her failing this part of the play. She manages to do it another week and like actually solve the director's problem, but still end up losing the popularity contest. I'm curious how much of the cast B play we're going to see. Yeah. I don't think we'll spend nearly as long on it, but no, I do hope we at least get to see some of it. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, it, it was pretty good. Very transitioning chapter though. Yeah. Last but not least, that brings us, that brings us, Brings us. That brings us. That brings us to We Never Learn question 143. The ephemeral mermaid princess sprinkles into the promised X. So Yugi is sick. Yep. Because he got, <laughs> he's been uh, too worked up over Araka telling him that she loves him. And when he had the, when he started thinking back on it, his, uh, his head exploded. Yes. And he got, he got sick. So Konami's treating him. She starts teasing him. and. Yes. Sensei walks in, he's like, hey, no cheesing the invalid, Kilnami. Yes, and it's pretty funny. I, I like that, but then uh, Kirisu somehow manages to sit on his head. I I was staring at that like she trips, but like she is nowhere <laughs> near him when she trips. Yes. And so, like her butt, that doesn't, Yugi has a gravity. That's the only. Yes. So he gets, he gets. He has uh, Deku's quirk to attract hot chicks. Yes. Because his, his mom can attract things and his dad can breathe fire. <laughs> so he can attract hot chicks. <laughs> I've not heard that one before. That's really good, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also like that Konami mentions, she's like, oh, Yuga, you lucky dog. This is the best kind of sandwich. Yeah. And then the other three girls walk in they all argue over who's gonna get to strip him and wipe the sweat off him yes so until but ogato agrees to a game of rock paper scissors yes which she loses obviously <laughs> yes anyway so they take turns taking care of him rock is like i just want to take care of you i don't mean it in a weird way okay i kind of do yes <laughs> and furuhashi he's like oh it's my turn and she's like must not kiss helpless sleeping boy <laughs> <laughs> but she fails yes well, she's the sleeping booty of the literary forest, so yes. she cannot resist. And of course, she does it as soon as Ogata and Uraka walk in. Uraka drops the like dock bowl of water she brought in, but <laughs> yes. Ogata does not drop the udon in her hand. So I don't yes. know if she's just not surprised or doesn't know how to react or just treasures her father's udon so much, and it's for you, guys. so she does not drop it. Probably the second one, knowing Ogata, like... <laughs> I'm so shocked. Why didn't you drop the udon? How dare you suggest that I drop udon? 
Yeah, it's pretty good. That's very good. It's probably going to be a blowout. Or it'll be a twist. And they're like, no, obviously, Furuhashi, we knew that you liked him. Please do not kiss sleeping boys. There are consent issues there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you have probably be into it. But still, yes, consent is important for Furuhashi. Well, he he would be very conflicted about it, especially yes, with Araka telling him that she loves her or that she loves him it's like true. a week ago. Well, days ago, however long it's been. I I feel like it's probably been a week. You have to yeah. plan a trip. You have to plan an emergency ski trip and then yes. go on it. All right. That will about do it until we get to jump card. I see. I forgot how to podcast. Yep. Jump Card's the segment where we rank everything from least good to most good. We have 18 chapters this week. So, Kevin, what's on the bottom for you? A Gravity Boys. Yeah, it's not good, is it? No. God Asshole is back, and he's like, I'm back up to my old tricks. And they're like, well, we'll resist you. It won't be very funny, though. Yep. We'll resist you. Well, except I corrupted this guy. Sure. It's dumb. Stop it. It's lame. What do you have at 17? I actually have Mintama at 17. Or Mitama. Yeah, hey, Mitama. Well, another of uh, those chapters that has Pokeballs in it. Yes. Yeah, I was not super into Mitama this week either. Kind of get what they're going for. Go ahead. Yes. There was more of a gap normally between a Gravity Boys and Mitama. Like, Mitama is at the bottom because I liked everything else above it. Not because I felt like it necessarily deserved to be at the bottom. Not saying it was amazing, but I was like, eh, there's at least something here. The whole, her, I can't even remember her name now treating her spirits like a family kind of thing. And gosh, she attacked us. Like what person wouldn't attack you when you're kidnapping her family kind of thing was neat. It's just like a little bit too much of like tone shifting in the chapter though. Yes. It doesn't really flow as well as it should, even if the ideas are good. Yeah. I, the, I'm not trying to say that it's like, yeah. oh, this was a really cool tonal shift. But I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of interesting. Like it wasn't particularly done super well, but it's still an interesting concept. I have Haikyuu at 17 because the last... Last week's chapter and this one have really gone back to that old Haikyo feeling where I feel like it's all just glazing over me. Yeah. And I just cannot get invested or care and I don't understand it. Yeah. This, so it's number 16 for me. Mitama's number 16 for me. I liked it a little bit better than Mitama. Like the Uh, art's super good. Can't take that away from it. Yeah. Again, I'm not a huge fan of it. But that's true. I I remember this. Like, I'm just not a huge fan of the art style. I'm not saying that the art is bad. I just, I'm not the style. But the thing that I liked about it, besides we have, like, a bunch of past characters, like, we're still kind of in that epilogue of a bunch of different people, only now it's a bunch of the people that are working for the pros. It's like, hey, do you remember this guy? No. No, I was not (laughs) reading this series the entire time. Yeah. But the thing that I really liked was at the end where they get Hinata to spike the ball for the point. That is cool. And it's like, you know, welcome to Pro League. I really liked that moment. I was like, ah, that is sweet, where he's like, yeah. It's like, ah, yeah, this isn't a beach. I can jump. (laughs) Yeah. All right, good old solid reliable four. Time to fly. So I liked that moment of him being like, all right, welcome back to Pro League. 
and his uh, rival from the other team being like, finally. What do you have at 15? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 15. Another chapter where someone gets stuck in a Pokeball. Yes. <laughs> Only this one is a box or a cube. It's a Poke Cube. <laughs> it's true. I liked it a little bit more than I've been liking Jujutsu Kaisen lately. I think it's mostly just the explanation stuff. Yeah. like, like Again, it's not, it's not bad. I like the explanation stuff. I like the fact that we have now basically confirmed dead puppet master dude being like, well, I left one final message. That's uh, who that was. Okay. I did yeah. not know who that was. Yeah. I it was, was like, well, I assume this is a character that. Yeah. It was the guy I, who had been controlling okay. the giant mecha. I, I know when you say that, I know who you mean. Okay. But I meant when I was reading this, I'm like, I assume this is a character that has been set up. Yeah. He, he said his name. And since I knew what his yeah, name I was, it's like Mechamaro or that might've been what he called the Natural. giant robot. But either way, it's something Maru, I think is his name. But him being like, well, I mean, there's no way Itadori is the bad guy because he's only been with us like two months or whatever. So, like, this plan has been set up for far too long. There's literally no way he For him to be the mole, specifically. Yeah, for him to be the mole. Like, they've been feeding information for way longer. There's no way it could be you. The, The time frame doesn't fit. And I sort of trust the person next to you. Like... I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent on you, but I'm like 98% on you. So like, well, it'll be fine. And so it's like, all right, well, there's actually like five seal or five barriers instead of three. So I'm going to need you guys to like help out. And so that's what they're going to do. And I do like that. This is an interesting way of getting Gojo out of the fight because it's constantly been like, oh, Gojo sensei will save us. Well, he can't save us now. Shit. <laughs> I have Hell's Paradise at 15. Okay. It is kind of a, I did, I liked everything else more situation. It didn't really do anything for me, like I kind of talked about. I got you. I have Chainsaw Man at 14. Again, I put Chainsaw Man a bit higher. I think just because I liked the character introductions, like the ideas were good. It was not, it did not commit Chainsaw Man's usual sins either. No, but I, I did have a hard time ranking a lot of this stuff. No, um, I'm, I'm just, yeah. No, I, I get you. It. I did like the, introduction of evil some of the santa claus <laughs> evil santa claus uh specifically turn- i think that's why i put it higher actually is because okay. of evil santa because claus. of evil santa claus all right that makes sense. i also like girl who's like please he's like hey girls what do you want and they're like i'll say basic things like please give my girls basic human rights and an education that would- <laughs> <laughs> i did like that too <laughs> halloween like th- this one needs help <laughs> anything else you want to say about it no, it, it was interesting. So we've got some new villains for Denji to fight. And I do like at the end where he's like, I'm so depressed. The trip's been canceled. And then Aki's like, no, the trip's just been postponed. And Denji's like, oh, so if I murder all the assassins, we can go on the trip? Yeah, that'll be easy. Like true Denji style. Wait, oh, I just got to murder everyone trying to murder me? That'll be a piece of cake. But I've done that anyway. On, I want to go on this trip. I have promised Neverland at 14. Again, I talked about not really caring for... This yep. week's chapter. So I have Undead Unluck at number 13. I had a really hard time placing this because it's the first chapter. It The premise seemed a little interesting, interesting enough to hook me uh, just a little bit, which is good. Like, it's not like some of the other you know, chapter ones. It wasn't like Samurai 8 where I was like, ooh, this seems really cool. Or even, honestly, a Gravity Boys hooked me about this at the same level where I was like, well, this seems interesting. We'll see where this goes. It didn't go anywhere. But... <laughs> Answer is nowhere. I like the characters in this a lot more than I like the Midday Gravity Boys. I think that's the major difference for yeah, me. Yeah, so I I do like it. 
will I'll continue reading it, and I, it's not like a Gravity Boys now. I'm like, oh, I have to read another chapter of this. It'll be all right. Cool. Let's see where this goes, and hopefully, hopefully, I start to like it more. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at thirteen. Okay, let's say my piece on it. I have Mission Yozakura Family at number twelve. I do as well. It it was it, fine. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I like the. I want to call him Tanjiro. Tayo. Tayo. I was like, it starts with a T, but that doesn't help me. It has to basically follow this other super assassin guy, and it's like, well, this guy wants this guy wants to murder you, so you should follow him and like steal his secrets. And there's some interesting stuff going on. <laughs> I like the joke that his main attack is to uh, strip the clothes off of everyone in public so that they get labeled as a pervert and arrested by the police. Yes, <laughs> yes, for public indecency. Like, yeah, that's a that's a funny non lethal way of taking out threats. Help! There's a naked man chasing me. <laughs> what do you have at eleven? I have Doctor Stone at eleven. Again, I really like Doctor Stone this week. So, but, yeah. but please feel say your part. Yeah, it was good. I just the like I liked the explanation a little bit of how he avoided being of, petrified. Yeah, I I liked it. It was just I don't know. It was just where it ended up. Okay, I have Chainsaw Man at eleven. Okay, so Evil Santa Claus. Yep, I have Black Clover at number ten. I really liked some of the action panels in this. Some of so them. So did I all. actually. There you go. For like once in Black Clover's run. I definitely like the fact that essentially Yuno creates a wind chainsaw to deal with the rock guy. Like, ha, huh, you can't you can't defeat my rock. And then he hits him with the sword and it just keeps going. He's like, oh no, it's eroding away at my rock. So I really like uh Yuno taking out the bad guys, but it's not like nothing super cool happened. So I liked it. So, kind of middle of the pack. I have Zipman at number 10. I also liked it, but middle of the pack. I like the new villains, but it seemed like a real like weird transition from the previous chapter. Yeah. Like, it's just all suddenly happening. Yeah. And it's, it's also all set up for the next arc, which is not bad, but yep. put it a bit lower. So, I have Hell's Paradise at number 9. I haven't get it caught up in, like, because I don't think, yeah, you definitely didn't read no. The chapters where the blind samurai guy lost his apprentice. So no. having read that gave me a bit more appreciation for what was going on here. Not saying that I'm it was sure super it amazing, but it's like, oh, yeah, I'm like super depressed that I basically let my apprentice die to run away. So now I'm going to sacrifice myself to save my apprentice or my new apprentice. And his new apprentice is like, I'm not going to let my master die. So it, good. I put Undead Unlock at nine straight in the center. Like I said, I liked bits of it. I didn't like other bits, but... I have a lot more hope for it than I did for A Gravity Boys or, say, Tokyo Shinobi Squad yeah. when I first read those. Yep. So I have Samurai 8 and number 8. It good, but, like, not a ton happens in it. And, like, the middle bit is pretty confusing. Yeah. I have yeah. Act Age at 8 okay. for very similar reasons. Good, but, like, not really a lot happened. Yeah, I have it at number 7. I have Samurai 8 at 7. Okay. For me, I liked Act Age a little bit more just because I liked the moment where Nagi's kind of like, oh, well, I guess I got to just finish the play. And like all of the emotion drains out of her. She's just like, yeah, I'll just be a robot and finish the play. And everyone's like, oh, no, this is the end. <laughs> so I have Zipman at number six. And it's still pretty good. Not super amazing. And I definitely love that the one guy is like, all right, we're all going to start an RPG. Well, no, we're going to start an RPG. Role playing. But it's the, what's the real life one? The LARP? Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, we're going to start LARPing. None of you break character. And he like starts, he's like, yeah, I'm going to start handing out roles. None of you get to break character. And somebody like tries to run away and he, he destroys me. Like nobody gets to break character. 
I just I like that kind of silliness to it where he's like, I, I'm really into role playing. Let's go. I have Black Clover at six because it's some good shonen stuff. You know, gets mad for his friends. Yes. That's what I want out of a shonen. Yeah, it's good. I have Promised Neverland at number five. I really liked the bit with James torturing the kids and like the getting back to the kids being in terror of, all right, here's a regular human. Like, you know, it was the same thing when when Mother was the main bad guy for a long time. Of It's like, all right, they're terrified of a person. Like, there are these nightmarish demons that eat people and they're terrified of a woman. Now, she's a terrifying woman, but... I kind of like that aspect that they were more terrified of her than they were of the literal demons chasing after them. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly get it. It just, like I said, it really didn't do anything for me this week. Yeah, that's fair. I have Dr. Stone at number five because I really like the explanation. I get it's some good shonen stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. It just had an, an exciting energy to me. Yeah. So I have one piece at number four. So do I. Is good. I really like the bit where Odin's just going to, I mean, obviously we know he doesn't, but he's just going to cut Orochi in half and like damn the consequences. Like, I will think about that after you're dead. Yeah. And Orochi's in turn of, oh crap, I forgot he's insane. <laughs> uh, what do you have at three? I have Demon Slayer number hey, three. me too. <laughs> it's cool when Tanjiro's friends show up. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. good That's to also see. pretty shonen. Yes. Good to see Inosuke back in. I like that they're invisible for a little bit. Yeah. And Muzan's like, all right, well, I can't see them, but essentially his thing is, I can't see them, but I can see everywhere they aren't. And that's like where he figures out, kind of figures out where they are. So it's not exactly that, but I do love that aspect of, you know, ha, I'm invisible. Cool. Well, I can see everywhere that you aren't and then just figure out that you're there, even if I can't see you. Well, you have it. Lucky number two. Lucky number two. I have We Never Learn. Okay, I have my Hero Academia. So I, I thought they, <laughs> when we were getting to the top, I thought we they might have switched there. I really liked this We Never Learn, but the reason I put my hero above it was because of that talk between Eisen uh, and All Might. Like, yeah, I just that that really struck a chord with me. That's super good. But we didn't even talk about the bit before where they're all having a potluck or a hot pot, I guess. Yeah, actually, hot pot, yeah. and that just didn't do as much for me. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and that's why my hero got put a little lower. Okay. They're both super good chapters, though. Yes. Both really good. I really struggled with putting it on top and not We Never Learn, because it's like, I really like the cute We Never Learn. I also figured, uh, since you're a uh, Furuhashi for life. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, I am Furuhashi for life, but I wonder for me. I ship Uruka and uh, you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I am fine with the way the anime ended, except for the fact that the anime ended. ended. Yeah, <laughs> I had forgotten about that. I was like, I was really disappointed when they just decided to end it. Like, I sp uh, I remember reading a bunch of reviews of people being like, so the manga's like almost ending right now. Why Why did you decide <laughs> to do this? Like, what You could get one more season almost definitely. All the good manga stuff's in the... Yeah, they, out, they could easily get another 13 episodes. Like, maybe not necessarily another full 26, but they could easily get another 13. Could have gotten another 13 out of that. And it's like, it's close to ending. It's not like you have to make a decision. I I don't know what happened there. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. I was just expecting the end of the festival. And it's like, yeah, he gets picked up by the girl who we see the silhouette. Uh, they, like, they were so ashamed by the terrible CGI dancing in the penultimate episode that they were like, we must kill this now. <laughs> Yes. Sepeku is our only option. Yeah. Anyway, really good. 
issue of Shonen Jump this yeah. week. All right, so that will bring us to Gundam Wing, Glory of the Losers. Is it Glory of or Glory to the Losers? I was going to write it down. I think it's Glory of. It is Glory of, you're right. You are absolutely correct. That's why I said it right that way. Which we'll talk about after the break. So we read Gundam Wing, Glory of the Losers. So Kevin, as the person who is not a Gundam guy at all, yes. who has seen two episodes of Gundam Wing, yes. I'm curious what you thought about it. I feel like this was a manga adaptation that re- almost required you to have seen the show beforehand, because I got the first part of the volume and then completely lost it in the subsequent parts of like, oh, well, there was like tons of stuff in the the show that like helped explain what was going on, and now I'm confused. Yeah, I think we need, just need to stop reading manga adaptations because they're always bad, right? Like the yeah. Kingdom Hearts one wasn't good. The Isekai stuff we read wasn't good. No. And this is a super interesting telling of Gundam Wing, but I can only recommend it if you're a Gundam Wing, like, almost super fan. Because it begins with stuff from the Gundam Wing movie, which takes place after the series but has flashbacks to before. Yeah. Like the stuff with Duo stealing the Death Scythe. Yeah. That's all from that movie. There's some super interesting stuff with Trey's, which might be from somewhere else, but like it makes sense with stuff he does later in the series and it's foreshadowing that. Yeah. But like again, if you don't have that context, it's just kind of there. It's super like weird the way it focuses on characters. Because yeah. it starts with Duo, which is an interesting choice, and it kind of pushes the hero stuff that happens at the start of the anime almost into the background. Yep. Yeah, he's basically not in the volume. I mean, he is, he, but it, the focus is so often. Like, the events of the two more, episodes we've seen were in here. Yeah, that's more what I meant. Uh, like, the events are in here in almost, like, snapshot form of, like, yeah, hero landed, then he went to school, then he threatened Relina, and then he found the missiles, and then he shot them at his mech. And then, like, stuff started happening afterwards, but it felt like, oh, yeah, that, that stuff happened. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So that's that's what I meant by, like, you definitely need to have seen the show in order to even get this. It's got a lack of focus, and the anime does a little bit as well, but in the anime, Hero's definitely the main character, and then there's an ensemble around him. Yeah. This one doesn't feel like it has that focus, because we're going over with Zex and Trey's and... Clearly, the next chapter is going to have a lot of Catra and Troa stuff. Oh, we start on Duo, and like Hero's barely there. Yep. Which is not necessarily a bad choice, because Hero's, in a lot of ways, one of the least interesting of the pilots. Yeah. But it's kind of a bizarre choice. Yeah. Thinking on it critically, I think one of the reasons that stuff being adapted into manga doesn't tend to work is it really has to get shortened for manga, like... Manga adapting into something else like manga adapting or an anime adapting a manga or even a uh, like a light novel adapting a manga can embellish and like increase the amount of stuff that you're getting. But I feel like you have to shrink it for a manga. It's like a lot of the times where they take like Evangelion where they've taken the series and condensed it into a couple of movies. Like sometimes that's really difficult to do because you kind of have this feeling of like, well, what about this? All this stuff that like happened that you're just ignoring. 
I find that really interesting because I don't think there's anything about manga that requires that. I think you're correct in that that's the way it goes. But for a long time before VHS was common, it was super normal for comic book companies to do comic adaptations of movies. Like famously, Marvel got the Star Wars license and that saved the company because they got to do the comic adaptation of Star Wars, which is hilarious because they were working off the script. They had not seen Star Wars when they were doing it. So you get Luke Skywalker saying things like, swing that lightsaber, Ben, or we're toast. Nice. (laughs) But those would embellish and kind of take their time with it. Yeah. And it seems like manga, at least the manga adaptations that we've read, haven't. And I don't know if that's just this happens to be everyone that we've picked has done this where they kind of just like breeze through it. Or maybe they're assuming you're familiar with the source material if you're looking at it at all. So you don't want a full repeat. Yeah. And and maybe that's the case. But like even the the Ruby one that we've kind of stopped reading has been like, but like I I don't want a recap like a still frame recap of what's been going on in the show when I can just go watch the show. It seems weird to me. I mean, yeah, the idea is you're like going after a market, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just been odd. And there are things I like about this manga and the way it changes the story structure of Gundam wing. But again, I feel like it's just kind of rearranging parts. Yeah. And I, was really curious how it would play to someone who hadn't watched it because you get stuff like Duo's background right up front. They tell you kind of what the plan of Operation Meteor is right up front, yep. whereas in the series, it's that's almost a retcon. So I was curious how that would change it. But again, like Kevin was saying, I feel like you have to have seen Gundam Wing to fill in certain pieces. Yeah, and, and also to kind of appreciate it because it's like, all right, so I don't know anything about these other pilots. That kind of adds an element of mystery in the show, which is kind of intriguing. Like, who are these people? Oh, they're these people. Oh, well, if you take that element of mystery out, like if you start rearranging the story, like there's tons of stories that if you read them in chronological order, it's like, oh, they make a lot more sense. It's like, well, yeah, but you kind of like lose the mystery of when you're first taught, you know, introduced to this character, you don't know anything about him. And, like, you learn about him as the characters learn about him versus, oh, yeah, I remember him from this prequel novel that I read first that then introduces all this other stuff and kind of, like, disrupts the flow of his character story. Yeah, that's why people recommend Machete Order for Star Wars, because the prequels take out a lot of the magic of the original series. Yes. Because they were released later. And Kingdom Hearts is a similar thing where you could play those games in chronological order, but boy, are a bunch of mysteries going to show up later that you already know the answers to. Yeah. And so they're not really anything. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer of reading stuff in release pub- order. Yeah. Publication order now. Cause there's tons of authors like the guys, Steven Erickson and uh, Ian Esselmont. I, I, I think it's Ian Esselmont who do the Malazan Book of the Fallen series, and then Esselmont has his, I don't know if his has a, a series name, but they're all like all these interconnected stories, and they mentioned, yes, you can try and read them in chronological order, but we recommend you read it in publication order because there's stuff we've added, you know, like in a book that came later that is about events that happened earlier, still probably requires you to have read the first book like i can't not think about what he wrote in that book before i finished writing mine and having that in the back of my mind when i'm crafting this story so they recommend publication order for reading things and it 
it's really how I like to read things. Getting back to Glory of the Losers, though, it's yeah. not like it's completely in chronological order. In Endless Waltz, which is the Gundam Wing movie, we get the backstory of all the five pilots. And it only gives us duos up front yeah. here in this manga. So it's just a reordering of things. Yes. But like I don't understand the purpose of giving you Duo's backstory to start because he doesn't like become the point of view character really. Yeah, it's very weird. Like honestly, it's a lot cooler in the anime where it's like, oh, who's this guy who's pilot you know, who's this duo character who's piloting the Death Scythe versus kind of having an idea of who he is when it starts. So it's like, oh, that's duo. It doesn't have the same impact of who's duo. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about it? The action scenes are also not what I want them to be. No. They're it, very brief and not super exciting. Yeah, and they don't really capture the the fun of a mecha anime. And Gundam Wing is pretty stiffly animated on a low 90s budget. Yeah. So there's lots of room for embellishment here that they don't take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it seems like manga adaptations tend to shorten everything which is like i don't want a screenshot recap of the anime or a slideshow recap of the anime in manga form anything else you want to say about it not really i i feel a little sad that uh i haven't seen the couple of episodes of gundam wing that this also references so that's going to take a little bit out of it when we're doing watching those yeah i was surprised how far it went like and that's again talking back to about condensing it down because yep. I had flipped through it before I called it and I was like oh okay like it's weird that this endless waltz stuff is at the front here but like that's not really a huge yeah. deal but then like there's stuff that's like through the first ten episodes by the end of this and I'm like wow okay yeah um, and it kind of like is going through it rapid fire too yeah so this might have detracted from episode three of what's a Gundam but we'll see because. We'll I I honestly don't think they take much from episode three specifically. Okay. I feel like they skip all the stuff that I remember happening in there, but it's been so long since I've seen it, I could be wrong. I guess that takes us to personality power level, which I just remembered is a thing we do. Yep. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the top is Uzumaki Naruto, who drives the Kitsune Gundam. Yes. At the bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. He doesn't get a Gundam. No, he drives the Yamcha Gundam. <laughs> it's just Yamcha. Like, it, it, he, it's just Yamcha. He's just in his body. <laughs> Fair enough. And the dead center is Buggy the Clown from One Piece. Uh, I'd make a joke about a clown Gundam, but I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Yeah, I'm almost definitely. So who do we want to rank? Do we want to throw, like duo on here because i feel like we spend the most time with him i, I feel like we have to because if i try and rank hero i don't like he's like i feel like he's seven panels in this manga i know he's not but that's that's the just the feeling i get out of it is like we don't know him as a person at all like we get something from duo at least yeah i love duo as a character and so it's gonna be super hard to separate anime duo from what we get from this duo for me yes so is there a character that springs to your mind i'm the one who gets to look at the list but that you're like oh duo is kind of like them that we've already ranked yeah not looking at the list hurts Ida from my hero academia is the one that comes to mind because he's also kind of a supporting character okay they're very different supporting characters though because duo is the not he's not comic relief no but he's sarcastic and like he's super casual and sarcastic 
which is the opposite of Ida. Yes. I also definitely think Ida is better. Yeah. Is the other problem with this is that like before you even get to analysis, just like smell test, I would put Ida ahead. Yeah. Especially like part of the problem with this manga is we don't really find out much about the characters at all. Like, I feel like we skip a lot of their character stuff. And it's more like, all right, here are the facts of like, here's what's happening. All right, cool. What? But what about the people? Eh, eh. All right, the next character that like scrolling down, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, a place to start. Is Yu-Gi-Oh from We Never Learn? Just because I think he's kind of a boring like slate of a character okay. in a lot of ways. But I don't know if like manga duo is better than him, whereas like anime duo for sure I would put above him. Yeah, I could see putting him above him because. Manga Duo at least has kind of like a personality and he's not just kind of like there to be the girl's center of attention True. that Yugi is. Yeah, and that's kind of why I wanted to make the comparison point. So are you leaning above? Yeah, I'm leaning above. I will go with you on that instinct then. So a character you're more familiar with than me, how do you think he compares to Eren from Attack on Titan? I like him more than Eren. Okay. Mainly because I, I get really annoyed at Eren. <laughs> A character that I don't think has much personality. I know you heavily disagree with me. And who is also a supporting character. Although, again, opposite of Duo in that he's a straight man supporting character. Like, even more so than uh, Ida. Ida is Genos from One Punch Man. Yep. And I like Genos more, so. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you on that. Uh, what about Speed of Sound Sonic from One Punch Man? I, I guess, I'm guessing you're going to say you like him more, too. No, I actually, I like... From what I've seen of even just the two episodes of Duo and since he's the same character because even though like they haven't taken away his character, we just haven't seen it as much in the manga. I like Duo more than Sonic. So the bizarre final question becomes, is he better or worse than Santa from Shield 21? Is he better than a football boy? <laughs> is he better than a football boy? Uh, the football boy doesn't have a ton of personality either, being that no. he's just a generic shonen protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, I could put him above Football Boy, who I barely remember. Okay, so Duo Maxwell will go at number 37, below Genos from One Punch Man, and above Football Boy from Ice Shield 21. All right. All right, so because we this is our only episode for January, we had some grand new plans for the start of the year, but they were going to get pushed back a little further. And next week, we are going to read... Flame of Rekka, because that is the first recommendation we've gotten for something to read on the podcast. Yep. It looks very 90s shonen. Yep. It was from Preble, Prebill. I don't know how to pronounce your Discord name. But we're glad you're listening. And I, the from looking at the cover, this seems interesting. I didn't want to read too much into it, because I kind of want to just go in blind and give you our thoughts on it. But it was something he said that he really liked when he was a kid where he had the phase that a couple of the guys on the discord were talking about that a lot of them had where they felt like weebs in high school because it was like, I was kind of interested in the manga. And then eventually I realized I don't care. Um, <laughs> I never had that problem, but Zach had a worse version of it where he thought manga was, he thought manga and anime were stupid and then got over that. But he said, this was something that I really liked. And so I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, it definitely looks similar to Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter, like a similar art style. Yep. And I definitely like stuff from this era, although it's kind of late 90s, and I feel like a lot of that doesn't hold up the way I want it to. So we'll see. Yeah. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. 
Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistbite by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wend on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can find things like our Patreon if you want to support this show so that we continue to do it every single week. Yes. You can give us some money there. Still no real goals from us. Uh, What's a Gundam episode two is up on Patreon. It'll eventually be up for everyone in the It's a Gundam feed. Yep. But that might be a while. Maybe we should do something, Kevin. I don't have any real ideas, but like what is coming to my mind. So we'll see. I haven't had any time to do anything anyway. Yeah. I was like, you've barely had time to think. And I tend to... It's not that I tend to not think, but... I am generally the idea guy when it comes to last podcasts, which yes. is not something I would like shoot down other people's ideas. Like Zach just brought one that I think is pretty good, but like I'm used to having that be my burden. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Well, and it's also kind of the since you've been the idea guy, it's not that I don't want to step on your toes, but like I can. I'm not saying that I can't be the idea guy, but there's just certain times where it's like, yeah, the ideas you know come super easily, and other times I'm like, man, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. 